Welcome to episode 90 of the Roger Snipe Show. The Roger Snipes Show. I want to talk to you about Keon Oregano Oil. Oregano? Isn't that just herbs which you sprinkle on your food? Well, it's not just a herb. Keon has used a special extraction process to increase its concentration and make it more potent, creating an oil. Now, oregano oil has phenols and antioxidants that can support your immune system and restore balance to your microbiome. The ingredients are clean and organic, just like all Keon products, using organic wild and organic sweet almond oil. To learn more and get yourself on a 30ml bottle, visit getkeon.com forward slash Roger Snipes and use code SNIPES20 for 20% off. Now we've heard about sustainably sourced food, but what about clothes? This is something which I've been spending years looking into and I've managed to find something which I am happy to finally share. I've launched a range of clothes that are also sustainably sourced from 100% certified organic cotton. This is a glyphosate-free, no fertilizer, no GMO grown cotton. This means no toxic chemicals on our skin and farmers are not in contact with any toxicity potentially harming their health or the environment. Organic cotton uses less water to grow too. The range of clothes will include t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and long sleeves with more items to come for both men, women, and children. This is my company called UHP Clothing, which stands for Unlocking Human Potential. Most of the tops have some sort of motivational message on there, which fits perfectly with my brand ethos of fulfilling your potential and striving for greatness. If you're looking for something different, which is environmentally friendly, motivational, and cool, then check out uhpclothing.com. Yo, what's going on, peeps? Hope all is amazing. <laughs> Hope all is great. I myself am cool. I'm good. Very well. Yesterday, man. I indulged. I indulged in so much food, it was unreal. Because today, I'm looking to do a metabolic session. And that's just going to be a, a concoction of different exercises. Um, so the plan is to really push myself. And I thought, let me just eat a bit more. That included cake. <laughs> cake. Oh man, I actually woke up and felt pretty good. So it wasn't like your typical, like healthy cake. I think it was a chocolate brownie uh, with sugar and I had a, another type, I can't remember what it was, some sort of cupcake. Um, yeah, with a tiny bit of ice cream. Um, had some dark chocolate, which is probably the, the healthiest part of the dessert. <laughs> and um, yeah, lots lots of other food. And uh, yeah, I woke up this morning feeling pretty powerful, <laughs> very powerful. So looking forward to a training session. I think before I go, I'm going to possibly have a, 
a pre-workout which is gonna be a mixture of different stuff some citrulline some creatine a little bit of beta alanine uh, or alanine um, beetroot powder did I say that beetroot powder um, and some other stuff I actually recently received these uh, adaptogenic herb uh, droplets you know you know when you have those little tubes with the liquid and you got the um and you you, you put the droplets in your food or uh in your in your drink uh, i received like all these different uh, bottles of adaptogenic herbs all of them bio available uh, clean ingredients uh, so it's uh i've got chaga reishi cordyceps lion's mane um, shiitake, um, there's another one, uh, meitake, I don't even know how to pronounce that one, but yeah, I think what I'm going to do is I'll probably put a drop of reishi in there, <laughs> a, li a little bit of reishi, uh, a bit of cordyceps and lion's mane, and yeah, I think I'll be good to go, um, but yeah, so the company that does this is called X-Brain, x that's the letter x and brain so it might be xbrain.com i actually don't have a discount code for that one but i am looking to have a chat with the company to you know see if they can uh, uh provide me a code so i can hook you guys up but for the meantime just have a look at their website they've also got these great um, grass-fed protein excuse me burping and everything grass-fed protein uh whey protein um i can't remember exactly uh what the macros is I, th I think i don't know maybe 22 or 23 grams of protein and um yeah carbs is super low fat is relatively low as well um but it's good yeah if you want good source protein yeah check them out check them out again no discount code on that one um but i'm working on it I'm working on it. Anyhow, so today I am speaking with a uh, Dr. Amy Shah. She is, you could say, a real practitioner of health and wellness. Um, so she has a, a little backstory. She suffered a, an accident which, uh, or suffered from an accident, which led her to well visit in the hospital after a car crash imagine that oh gosh a car crash i've had little accidents and it has shaken me by an actual car crash where you end up in hospital man that's not cool and you know in moments like that you could only imagine you're sitting in hospital and you kind of question life you do, you, you would question life itself. The things that I am doing, are they worth it? And you'll probably start writing off certain things and start incorporating certain things in your life as well. Uh, thinking, do you know what? I need to do stuff which is more meaningful to me. And the things that are not, I am getting rid of. I am writing off. It's so weird how that happens, right? I mean, we don't need to, you know, be in a position where we, you know, we're almost, um, I don't know, um, questioning whether we're going to live, but it can just be a, a bit of a, 
epiphany to us at certain points. You know, we push life to the very edge, but when life pushes us back, we start to question <laughs> every single action we are taking. Things like, is life permanent? <laughs> no, it isn't. And you realize you're not bulletproof and you can die if you push yourself too much. And, you know, you also think about who are the people that could be affected if you have kids or you are a, a dependent. That can be a massive wake-up call. These are not our daily thoughts, but it's good to have these uncomfortable truths highlighted to us. Dr. Shah outlines her story in her book, which is called, I'm so effing tired. Yeah, that's right. I'm so effing tired. Um, her goal is to help other people who has or still is going through burnout and living life in the fast lane. And, you know, just, just want to bring their life back to homeostasis, you know, back to equilibrium, that type of thing. So Dr. Shah graduated in Cornell University. She went on to receive her medical doctorate and distinction from Albert Einstein College of Medicine. She completed her internal medicine residency at Harvard Medical School's Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center. She then pursued subspeciality training in allergy and immunology at Columbia University, New York Presbyterian Medical Center. And Dr. Shah is double board certified in internal medicine and allergy and immunology. Let's bring on Dr. Amy Shah. So, uh, Dr. Amy Shaw, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. That's awesome. Thanks for your time. So you told me a second ago it's uh, 10 in the morning for you. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how our time zones... I love how technology lets us talk to people all over the world real time, but it still blows my mind that it's evening for you, morning for me. I think it's just truly <clears throat> fascinating. You know, are you are you talking on your phone as well? Are you doing a call on your phone? See, that's what yes, I'm, I'm saying. Doing... Like, you're, yeah. You're, yeah, connected on your phone. I'm in UK and you are where? In the US, Scottsdale, Arizona. Arizona, lovely. It, yeah. It's amazing. And on that same device, <laughs> you can do your online banking. You know, it's, it's, it's unreal. <laughs> it's unreal. It's like a mini computer. Um, who would have thought, you know, even 10 years ago that we would have this capability, so. Exactly. But um, again, thank you very much for your time. Um, I only recently learned about you through listening to a podcast. I can't even remember who it was, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but like you was given some really great tips on, on just general overall health. And I think you was talking a lot about your book, which is called... Uh, I'm effing tired. Is that correct? 
I'm so effing tired. Yes. <laughs> I'm so effing tired. Would you be able to give like, well, like first of all, so I went through your website and you'd, you'd, you've got a little a story about yourself. I don't know whether it's an introduction as to how you got into the book, but yeah, um, it, yeah it's almost like, um, like you mentioned about an accident. The accident you said was the perfect metaphor for your life at the time, um, as you felt it was out of control. And then I'm thinking, okay, it kind of tallies up with the book. So yeah. would you be able to take us through the story um, yeah. of this accident and then how you came along to the idea of the book? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So like so many people who are listening or watching, I was um, exhausted, but I thought that was just part of aging or being a mom or being busy or being, you know, multitasking, having a business and a practice and all of that stuff. And actually, when I went to my medical doctors, because I thought, well, I, I should get my blood checked. I know that there's something wrong. When I went to my medical doctors, my colleagues, my smartest colleagues, they said to me just what you know I had feared. Basically, you're normal. There's nothing you know significantly wrong. Uh, yes, it's because you're a mom, you're a multitasking, you're a physician, you're busy, and you're getting older. And I just thought that wasn't a great answer, but I didn't have time to slow down. I was on this, you know, express train to burnout. And I, I know so many people can feel this, like where you literally wake up in the morning um, after a poor night's sleep and you're rushing to the first task, the next task, the next, and you literally feel like there's glass balls that you're juggling at all times. And if you just pause for a second, all of them will crash to the ground. And so until this day, the day that everything changed for me, um, I was running around, stressed all the time. My heart rate was always elevated every time I would get stressed. And when I look back, I was doing so much damage to my body, just, you know, living my daily life. Um, and I knew that there was some ways to deal with stress, but I didn't want to slow down because in our world, overworking is like, you know, something you can brag about. Um, it's Back like a point. sign that you're working hard and that um, if you slow down, that means that you just don't, you know, you're not working that hard. So that day I was rushing through work to try to pick up my kids. And at the end of the day, I found out that we were, had an impromptu a meeting for all the doctors and I didn't have the courage to tell them that I was going to run late to, you know, pick up my kids. And so I said, okay. And I thought in my head, if I just rush out of there and drive really fast, I can still make it um, to pick up my kids. And I'm thinking of the lady at the center where the kids are and looking at me with this, because the center closed at six and I needed to be there by 6 p.m. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking of that lady looking at me kind of in disgust, like what a bad mom you are if, um, you know, if you're late. So the stress in my head during the meeting, I couldn't even concentrate because I was just thinking about how I had to rush out of there. Then I rushed out, literally running to my car and I was rushing as fast as I could to get to the center to pick up my children. And at the last turn, um, 
I got into this huge car accident and the car was spinning in a way that I had, I felt like minutes, but really it was probably, you know, 20 seconds or so. And, um, at the end of it, um, I was broken. Everything was broken. I was so stressed and I had, I was forced to take some time off, um, to, you know, fix my car, fix my body. But also I thought, wow, this is the universe telling me this is time for me to fix my life. And so that week that I was off and recovering, I literally made all the changes and, um, I made some changes that weren't beneficial, but I kind of took note of the things that were helping me along the way. And that's the basis of my book. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. It's, it's said that if you don't take time off when you're supposed to, your body will force you to do it or something like that. There yes, exactly. Or... That's exactly how I, 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 and I posted something on Instagram yesterday about you know, self-care is not just taking an emergency vacation or uh, a massage or bath or chocolate. It's actually like building a life. And that's what I did after this accident, building a life that you don't have to escape from, that you don't feel like you are so terribly you know, burned out that um, you need kind of a a weekend to recover from it. So building it in on a daily basis is, is what I kind of tell people and recommend to people. Yeah. 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 Makes so much sense. I mean, I always find time for myself every day. I meditate immediately in the morning. Um, Red light therapy, laying under the red light, got some crystals, but I won't go too deep into that, but I love it. I think dealing with yourself first before you're going to deal with the world, that it's really important. That's, that's my thoughts on that. You yeah. Do- um, you know, mm, sorry. sorry. One thing to add is that all this time I thought I was doing the best I could to be a good doctor and good mom and a good, you know, person, a good friend, but really I was shortchanging all of that because my mood was terrible. I was super um, irritable. And, um, you know, I realize now that the time that you are spending on yourself, like you said, is more that you can offer to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's so interesting, right? When you think that when, if you are rushing around and doing loads of things, you'll get more done, but sometimes you're just not putting as much effort in everything. You're just doing like a poor job in a lot of stuff, really. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, hmm. But uh, quickly, I wanted to just just go back a little bit. You'd mentioned that, um, what did you say? Um, you, you, you came to a medical part and you said your, what was the words you used? You, you said something like, um, it was something that you dreaded, that they, were, they, they told you that everything was okay. And what's quite fascinating is that with a lot of people, it's the opposite. It's like... Yeah. They feel as though something's not right, but as long as they're told it's okay, they're like, yeah. oh, like oh, yeah. no, they, they said it's fine, so it doesn't matter. What I'm feeling means nothing. It's right. Crazy, right. It's crazy. Just because do we don't have a diagnosis for it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Um, I learned very quickly that um, through my medical 
training year. Break your leg today, and I hope you don't, Roger, but if me, you or I needed immediate medical care, our medical system is amazing. They have um, you know, done all the research. They have the most up-to-date uh, you know, tools to help you fix that. However, if you are tired or you are feeling um, you know, like your sleep is not great, you're moody, the only thing that they'll offer you most commonly is an antidepressant. And that's what's sad about our world is that since we don't have a diagnosis, when if you tell someone, if you tell a doctor today that you are tired and you're having trouble sleeping and your mood is off and um, they might ask you, hey, you know, maybe you should try this uh, medication for depression. And I just think that that's sad that we're not looking into kind of more nutrition and gut health and mind body connection as a solution for this. Um, instead, we are prescribing medications and no wonder the amount of prescriptions for all of these things are skyrocketing uh, mm. because we're not doing the work that we need to do first. I've heard somewhere that medical professionals are probably given about a week worth of nutrition training, uh, but everything else is based around drugs and mm -hmm. other stuff like that. Is that is that true? Is that quite accurate or how, how would you? Yeah, say? I mean, the good thing is, is that, um, you know, medical schools now in the last few years have really been incorporating more nutrition. But when I was trained, I actually was a nutritionist undergraduate before in, in America, you have to finish your undergraduate studies before you start medical school. And so I had already become a nutritionist. And so when I started, I thought I was going to further my, you know, health, body, nutrition knowledge. But of course, as you know, in those Western model, there's very little nutrition. If not, and the nutrition that we learned was like, you know, how to sustain nutrition uh, through the IV for a very sick patient. And yes, that is so important, right? But no one ever taught us how do you treat people who are trying to optimize, like someone like you and someone who's working out, someone who wants to be at their peak performance. Nobody taught us that. Um, and that's why when people go to their doctor asking that question, they don't have an answer. That's crazy. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's true though. I, I like, I haven't been to the doctor for a very long time, but when I did, <laughs> um, it was only ever to do with, they'd only be able to talk about medication. Yeah. Um, you know, if I had a sustained cough, you'd be like, okay, antibiotics. It's quite mm -hmm. funny. Like, yeah, there was no question about diet. Mm. You know, and I think that I have to say that I am such a huge fan of, as you know, in this last year, the doctors, the nurses, the medical profession has put their put themselves in the forefront and without them, we would have nothing, right? But on the other hand, when we're talking about optimizing ourselves, when we're not sick, which I hope that a lot of us go through periods of life where we're not sick, um, we don't have a source to turn to for optimization. Like what you've learned for yourself, probably, I'm guessing you can tell us if this is true, is through your self-study, through people that you trust that are, you know, peripherally attached to the medical world um, and through experimentation. 
Absolutely. And, yeah. And I Magazines wish there was at the beginning of, as well. <laughs> right. So I wish there was a framework for people. So you don't have to just kind of guess and, you know, maybe you were lucky or this, you know, I was lucky, but I wish there was more of a framework um, to help people through this. Um, and that's what motivated me really to write a book in the first place and start my Instagram account or do any of these um, things that I do. That's awesome. Well, you're doing a great job, doing a great job. Um, yeah, there's, a, there's lots on your page. What would you say is the main reason? I don't know. Is there a main reason for burnout? Would you say it's just trying to tackle everything all at once? Or would you say it's mainly work, mainly family? Is there like when people come to speak to you, is it is mm -hmm. it is it everything all at once or is it like one main thing that is the main issue would you say i think that we have it's two things right it's like saying you have built a house that is not strong you need to build your own brick house so you can weather any storm right mm -hmm. and we have storms all around us like our society has created storms all around us so Number one is building that brick house, meaning a mind, body, spiritual brick house so that you can get through all of the storms because you can't control what your boss, what the government, what you know, the world um, will throw at you, but you can control yourself. And then I think we have a systematic issue, a, you know, uh, an issue with our work culture, um, rewarding overworking behavior, um, not allowing, for example, uh, vacation time or time for people to uh, re become, um, you know, refreshed. And all of this knowledge that I have about circadian rhythms, which is our internal clock, tells me that the world that we have built is completely ignoring that. We have our whole body from brain to feet, all of our nerves, all of our work on this clock. And you need to optimize this clock by getting natural light, getting natural sun in the morning, by stopping eating late at night, by getting darkness in the nighttime, get adequate sleep during these certain hours. Um, our, if we could build our work and life around these circadian rhythms, we could improve our energy and our burnout levels would, would plummet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think people should try to research their, is it their chronotype to yeah. balance their circadian rhythm? So the truth of the matter is we are wired similarly, all of us. The problem is, is that through our upbringing, through our jobs, maybe it was schooling, um, we were convinced that, you know, we like to stay up, you know, you prefer to stay up at night, but if you go into a cave and take away all the external stimuli and you ask people to go to sleep and wake up, they will pretty much go to sleep a few hours after sundown around 10, 11 o'clock, and they will naturally wake up around sunrise, five, six, seven a.m., so when you are saying, okay, I'm a night owl, maybe you can shift that one hour either way or early bird. You can shift that one hour either way. But if you're really trying to optimize your circadian rhythms, it's built around the sun. 
Um, and so um, having three hours after sundown and maybe, um, you know, between five and 7 a.m. waking is kind of the natural uh, circadian rhythm. Right, right. I mean, for me personally, hey, I feel good waking up. In fact, I don't know if it's a bit abrupt, but I like to wake up probably still when it's dark. I wake up like yeah. 3.30 in the morning. Um, yeah. I feel good. I remember, you, I remember you said that. And I was thinking, wow. But do you get sunlight um, kind of when the sun comes up? I think that's the most important thing. Like if you wanted to optimize your health, and what I would recommend is when sun does come up for you, um, and you know, it, where you live, it might not be sunny per se. No, no. But just now, <laughs> now it is. I'm lucky. Yeah. During the winter yeah. time, it was tough. But now yeah. when I go out in the morning, I hit the sun, I see the sunrise. And, and yes, I do. Yes. I do get at least watching the sunrise. sunrise. Yeah, that's that's ideal. Really it doesn't matter if you wake up a little bit before sunrise. But as long as you're seeing that you're telling your body, OK, it's t- time to wake up time to be alert time. It basically kind of cascades down your body. That's why even um, in the Northern hemisphere, like where you live um, in the summer months, people are fitter. uh, They are leaner and um, they are happier and more energetic because Mm -hmm. this force kind of not force, but this natural availability of light um, in the daytime is very, very comforting to your body. Mm-hmm. A couple of questions came in my head. First one is you did mention Lena and I was thinking yeah. to myself, um, uh, 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 like ancestrally during the, during the summer time, aren't we supposed to gorge and get fat? Wasn't, wasn't that the plan? No. Well, well, I think that what we have to remember is that Um, it's almost like you didn't have much food availability in the winter time. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's a time to store Mm -hmm. that when you have ample food until the fall, you're kind of like living it up, right? Like you see these trees full of fruit. You don't really have to store it, um, and worry about the next meal. Um, so ancestrally or evolutionarily, whatever, um, you know, you do see that people, with ample food, don't have to store as much uh, fat because there's there's plenty to go around. Yeah, this I mean logically it makes sense, but yeah, like we do things which is hardwired, isn't it? Like we do, yeah. You know, we 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 treat an alarm like an animal chasing us. You know, it's, yes. Um, so that, that's the reason why I question, you know, when it's summer, do, do we have this natural urge to want to eat more? And I don't really, but um, yeah, I was just, just wondering. It's not, it's not. Yeah, direct, no, it's but, actually, hmm. it's actually, um, you know, a really great question because evolutionarily um, we have these programs in our, in our brain uh, that do go with seasons a little bit, but when it is cold, and food is scarce, you will see. I mean, people tend to be a little less energetic. Um, They tend to move a little bit less overall, and they tend to pack on the pounds a little bit during that time. Um, And the other thing, um, what you said, the alarm causing a stress response. Have you ever heard of a continuous glucose monitor? 
Yeah, I've used one before. I've used it, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. CGM. Yeah. So for people who don't know, it's a it's it's a new type of finger stick glucose, but you don't have to keep pricking yourself. You just put it on your arm and it continuously checks your blood sugar levels. And you will see, I don't know if you notice, but when you're stressed, if I had a big meeting coming up, if I had a stressful event happen, something bad happened to me, my glucose would spike. And it's a natural response. Your body is like, oh no, Roger is getting chased by an animal. I better release glucose into his blood bloodstream so that he can have energy in case he needs to run. And then Roger decides, oh, I'm so stressed. I'm just going to sit here and wallow, you know, in my stress. And basically all that blood sugar is just flowing around in your body, um, not doing anything. And so when we talk about, you know, stress making us sick and fat, that's what it is. It's, it's this response, not just the blood sugar, but that's the simplest way to think about it for me. Oh yeah. If there's nowhere for the blood sugar to go, you're not moving. You're not using it up. Then the blood sugar is going to one wreck, wreak havoc in your system. So cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and then two, you're going to have to store it somewhere. The blood sugar goes, has to go back into storage. Um, and so this is why people feel like, Oh, if you don't control your stress, you're never going to be able to get the body, the brain, the energy levels that you want. Mm. I think you mentioned that uh, in, in your story somewhere about you, you felt as though you had everything. You was even training as well. And you couldn't find that you, you wasn't, you know, you wasn't able to achieve the shape that you wanted, which kind of brings me to my next question. Let's say, um, Let's say you've got mums who have a, a full-time job and they are in a, a high position, let's say a, a director's role in a business or job. Um, and they're also, uh, yeah, well, they're mothers, you know, taking care of children. So they've got yeah. all these responsibilities. They have to make sure that their husband is okay, you know. And, you know, they come home, they're exhausted and the husband's like... I've, I've been waiting to see you all day and you're looking good. You're looking delicious. <laughs> you know, man, really? <laughs> and yeah. you've got to make sure he's happy. And at the same time, you want to, um, you know, you want to keep your physical fitness up. So going to the gym, that's a strenuous exercise for the body. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a strenuous thing. So how does a, a lady deal with that? Sorry, I had a call come through. Just cut up. How, how, how would, a, how would a lady manage that? How would you suggest is yeah. the best way to deal with that? This is such a great question. I mean, this is the crux of the issue for most women, right? Um, mm -hmm. Mothers that are trying to multitask. Our society asks them now not only to be mothers, but also to, you know, work outside the home and, uh, you know, have responsibilities that are uh, triple often uh, the, their male counterparts. So if you look at men and in the workplace and women in the workplace, they often have roles, uh, many other roles outside of their uh, work role. Yeah. And what that does is it puts us into stress mode very often and too often. So what I say is that it's even more important. So there's two ways you can decrease stress. You can either build in this life that I suggested that has built-in breaks, maybe to go outside for a few minutes, meditate, get some sunlight, um, or, and, and I guess, build in counteracting hormones. So 
dopamine, serotonin, and oxytocin. These are brain chemicals that help us counteract stress. And when women, especially moms who are running around, they are not giving themselves a chance to get a dopamine, serotonin, or oxytocin burst, um, they are continually fighting that stress response. So I say it's twofold. You have to decrease the stress in your body by, you know, building in breaks, whatever, you know, vacations, um, time every day to yourself. I suggest at least one hour um, to, which, you know, to many women are like, what, one hour, that's a lot. No, that's essential, right? Um, That can be your workout time. That can be your meditation time. Just keep it for yourself. And then, counteract those stress chemicals with um, activities that produce dopamine, serotonin, oxytocin. So dopamine is your reward brain chemical. So if you start a new activity, say you're learning a new language, uh, you learned cooking, uh, a new task, a new sport, um, dopamine is very rewarding. So you get better, you feel better, you feel motivated to do more. Um, That's your reward chemical. And then there's serotonin, which is kind of the blissed out good feeling that you might get from meditation or yoga or doing something you love, like dancing or singing, uh, very good for a serotonin burst. And then you have your oxytocin, which is your love hormone. This is when if you you know, don't have a partner, you can have a pet or children or some, um, uh, do volunteer work that makes you feel so good. It's a love and connection hormone. Um, and if you concentrate and get all of these. And some people are wired more for the dopamine pathway, more for the serotonin and more for the oxytocin. You need to do these things. They are not optional and fun. And if you have time, they are actually essential to your health. Mm. Um, so yeah, building in those is, is, is basically a two-pronged approach. Wow. I've always known of the dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin, but I've always wondered like, how are they different? Like, obviously, I think yeah. oxytocin is the most obvious one. Mm-hmm. Um, like, with endorphins, I'm like, okay, what is endorphins? I know, like, you know, when you train, I think you're supposed to release some endorphins. And yeah. maybe if you take some drugs as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, watch some pornography. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, okay, what's, yeah. what's, what's endorphins? Like, uh, yeah. What, yeah, what is endorphins? What did you say that was? Endorphins are like the feel good um, chemicals that happen um, when you say, like you exercise, that's, that's a great endorphin burst, Um, uh, high intensity exercise. In fact, I'll tell you the best way to think about it. I know you train a lot. So you know that runners high that people feel uh, when they run a lot, they almost get addicted to running because you get at some point during your run, you get this high. And that's the endorphin burst. Um, dopamine and serotonin are very different in the sense that um, I would say that the dopamine pathway is your reward pathway. It's really, I mean, I, I'm a type A person. I like challenges. I like to learn new things. That's the dopamine pathway. Um, the serotonin pathway is a chill out, very blissed out um, a pathway. So if you some people prefer more of one or the other, but either way, you, you need to get all of it. Um, singing and dancing is more of a serotonin pathway because it's like, you know, unless you're learning to go through the levels of dancing, then maybe your dopamine, serotonin, both, um, or you can have both in, you know, one activity. But these are great ways uh, to really counteract that stress and also 
to help with hunger and cravings. You know, Roger, and I know a lot of the cravings everybody gets is cravings for the dopamine and the serotonin release. So when you're going for that ice cream or you're going for that, um, mem- you know, when you were a child, um, everyone gave you um, sweets. And those are things that release dopamine and serotonin as comfort and alcohol, drugs, um, people, porn, people use all these things for dopamine and serotonin bursts because they don't know it's an easy way for them to get that burst. And they don't really know or have the knowledge that there's other pathways to get that same burst. Feeling stressed or want to feel more relaxed in a stressful situation? Well, Apollo Nero helps your body recover from stress so you can sleep better, focus, and relax when you need it. It's a wearable device which you strap to your wrist like a watch or you can wear it around your ankle. It works by something called touch therapy, sending your body soothing vibrations, speaking to your nervous system, telling you you are in a safe environment. Now, this has been developed by neuroscientists and physicians and it's non-invasive. If you're about to go to a meeting and you're feeling a bit nervous, you can strap on the Nero to prime you for the meeting. If you have finished a training session and you need your body to wind down and recover, the Apollo Nero would come in very handy for that also. I personally let my six-year-old daughter use it just before she goes to school to prime her body for learning and before bed in the evening as she winds down and gets ready for sleep. To get your hands on one of these Apollo Nero devices, just visit Apollo Nero, which is spelled O-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O.com. ApolloNero.com and use code SNIPES10 for 10% off. It's time to get to know a more calmer, more mindful you. If you, you're an exerciser and so am I, we already know that there's many other pathways to get that dopamine and serotonin because you get it from all forms of exercise. Um, but people often are relying on alcohol and drugs to get that um, dopamine serotonin. Yeah, yeah. And food. <laughs> and food, yeah. And the thing is, with food, it's like, there's no limit to that. Yeah. I mean, you could be drunk and disorderly on the on the street and you can, you know, get locked up and you know there's a limit. But like with food, like you can buy as much as you want. And there's, there's yeah. like, even children, you know. Children, and I like, want to, yeah, sorry. I want to tell you something so, so disturbing. So now that you understand this dopamine serotonin pathway, the food companies understand the dopamine and serotonin pathway. So what they do is they create just enough that you get a release, but not enough that you feel satisfied. So they make the flavors, for example, of Doritos um, that stimulate these pathways, but leave you wanting more. And it's so sad. It's like they have hijacked our brain pathways and they know 
what will make us crave more, what will make us, you know, at some point you drink alcohol and you pass out. I mean, there's just, you cannot drink any, you know, there's only so much dopamine and serotonin you can release with Doritos or Coke and Pepsi. You, you know, you could finish the whole bag. You could finish the whole thing and you're still, you still want more. It's insane. I remember when I, I used to drink Coke back in the day as a teenager. And I just remembered drinking that in the summertime, I would never quench my thirst. I just remember yeah. it tasting so delicious. And then yes. I'll drink another one and drink another one and drink another one. And I just never felt quenched. But it's quite interesting how you mentioned about Doritos because I did read a book called The Dorito Effect, which was very fascinating. Don't know if yeah. you've read that. I uh, haven't, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. It talks about just how flavor. If people don't buy food for the nutrition, <laughs> they get it for the flavor, and it's really interesting. You know, when you speak to people about food, like, well, why don't you buy that? Yeah, but it doesn't taste good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's all about taste, right? Our our brain. Oh, so going back to our evolutionary um, pathways, uh, just really quickly. If you're walking in the summertime, uh, think about thousands of years ago, you're walking and you spot a big tree full of fruit. Your brain remembers that. You stop at the tree, you eat the fruit, um, you feel good, you get this dopamine release. Your body remembers. Every time you pass that path, your, your, your dopamine will send you a little message. Hey, there's that tree. You know, you look at that tree, that's cravings, right? Now, think about it in our modern sense. The company, you know, these companies figured out that if a child is at a game in America, it's baseball. A child is at a baseball game and they provide, you know, um, Coke uh, products and, um, and chips or whatever at, uh, at the game. These children will remember that fun experience um, and equate it with that food. And so when you look at your comfort foods and my comfort foods, often comes from memories that were made with that food. That's really amazing. That really makes sense. Really does. Um, a lot of it stems back from childhood. Like when you think, what you was talking about, when I guess when like parents give you stuff or good behavior or whatever. Yeah. I think... I think, you know, it's, it's like from like, you can have it as a child, but then as an adult, it can be amplified. You're a bigger human being. Now you don't right. just have like one, one, one sweet, like you eat yeah. packets of biscuits. Yeah. You have like a whole uh, Chinese menu, you know, it's uh, the order is bigger now. <laughs> it is. And um, when you retrain your body, it's like, it's so hard because there's such, there's such ingrained memories that, you know, I don't know what kind of diet you follow, but I, I know that a lot of people have a hard time, say cutting out meat or cutting out uh, dairy products. Like for example, I'm Indian. And, you know, when my memories were made through childhood, giving dairy, dairy products, like sweets are all dairy. And so when I noticed that I had an intolerance to dairy and I was trying to cut it out, it was those, it was so difficult, um, you know, gluten and dairy were in all of my memories of comfort foods. Um, and, you know, I could do it when I was not stressed, but when I was craving 
something, those were the things that I would go to. And it was, it took me a long time to like retrain. So I understand where people say, well, I can't go plant-based or I can't, you know, cut out gluten. This is part of my, this is part of my being, you know, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. 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 When people are following traditions, um, slightly off topic here, but like, if I start to, if I talk about spiritualism in a post, I tend to find that religious people jump on that and they're like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's all about Jesus. No, it's all about Allah. And then there's, I don't know, other people jump in and they're like, ah, they start fighting. I'm like, wow, this whole dogmatic approach. I'm like, this is mad. Um, can't remember what I was going to lead with that, but uh, shoot, what was we just talking about? <laughs> about basically diets, different diets, like vegan, paleo, keto, you know, um, it's just, it's dogmatic, just like the religions, right? Everybody's kind of jumping on their own idealistic um, portions, but they don't understand where the person's coming from. Yeah, yeah. And, and people take it, you know, it's like, well, this is what I have followed forever. This is what my family has followed. So this is what I'm going to do. Have you questioned yeah. like much about yeah. it? Like when I yeah. was younger, I used to go to church. Now I've got nothing bad against people who go to church. But I decide I don't want to go to church. Yeah. I am not Christian. I will happily yeah. say. But I remember saying that in a post and people are like, oh my God, so you're following the devil. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um, but I think it's very important to, um, I don't even like the whole tagline of a particular diet. I think it's about really understanding your body and it's like, try a food, see how it works for you. If it doesn't work, then you might want to omit it from your diet, you know? Um, and just, just experiment, try some other things. I, I don't mind that at all. I think I tried vegan for a while. Um, and then I started to read up on the benefits of uh, grass-fed, grass-finished beef and just organic. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, uh, let, me, let me take that approach um, and still have, you know, all the vegetables that I love anyway. Yeah. Um, there's certain meat which I wouldn't eat because I just don't like the taste of it. And I think maybe it's my DNA speaking to me. I don't know. I'm like, do you know what? I feel my body just quivers. Like it doesn't like it. So I'm not going to eat it, you know? Right. Um, Certain nuts will cause me a bloating. So I'm like, okay, I can't eat that. Um, Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's what it's about. What would you say is your approach towards someone doing a diet so that they are going to be in an optimal state and um, energetic, not fatigued and Mm -hmm. just, you know, more drive in life. Picking foods that would, that your microbiome, which we haven't really talked about at all, but Mm -hmm. a microbiome would recognize is my, my, overarching recommendation. Our gut, the bacteria that live in our gut outnumber us. They make all the decisions um, about when to cause inflammation, when to send signals to the brain that there's something wrong. Um, They are essential in our bodies. And so many of us neglect them when we're eating. We don't eat the food that they need, which is fire. 
fiber is a food for our gut bacteria. And so when you are eating, think, are you eating something that that gut bacteria will one thrive on, which is fiber. Um, so you need to include tons of vegetables and fiber rich foods in your day. And are you eating something that is something that is recognizable to the body? Meaning that when you eat, say, uh, a processed, uh, I don't know, uh, let's just use Doritos since we talked about that. Say you eat a Dorito, your gut bacteria will send off signals all over your body and um, radio the uh, immune cells and say, hey, there's something, Roger, it, it looks kind of unfamiliar, come check it out. So they create this kind of inflammatory response in your body to try to see what is this, this looks foreign, you know, and, um, you know, that's why food sensitivities happen so often with these foods. Um, so you get, um, you send these signals. So when I'm talking to people about food, I think to myself, okay, you come from a very different background than me. You may have food memories that are very different from me, but if you use the overarching philosophy of high fiber, whole foods that is recognizable for your body, you can't lose basically because the things that are going to kill you and that make you sick are things that are manufactured um, by these like these companies that have, have insight on how the brain and the body works. And their whole goal is to get you to eat more of their toxic foods. Um, so that being said, after that, you have lots of leeway. Um, so, and, and I basically say 90, 10, 90, you know, whole foods, high fiber, plant forward, and then 10% do what you want. 10% do what you want. <laughs> you know, it's those, it's those memory foods. It's those <laughs> comfort foods. It's those things that you want to eat. And it's a very small part of your diet, but you enjoy it. Mm. Did, did you say you're from India? I, yes. My parents are from India and we actually moved to the United States when I was five years old. Okay. Which part are you from? Um, Gujarat. Well, Gujarat. Uh, my parents lived in Maharashtra when I was born, but my family is from Gujarat, which is Northwest. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, do you still eat some of the traditional foods? Yes. I yeah. love Indian food because there's I've learned that the spices that Ayurveda has infused into Indian cooking are the healthiest in the world. Turmeric, black pepper, ginger, garlic. I mean, these are foods that we should be, um, for example, I'm drinking a chai right now. Okay. The ingredients of chai were created by these Ayurvedic sages for the king. 5,000 years ago, the king said, I want something that is healing, medicinal, but delicious. And so they put together some spices together, they boil tea, they add it, you know, and um, that was chai. So when I look at back at my um, background and I'm like, wow, I used to shun when I was going through medical school and my training and I went to the best schools in the world, um, we shunned Ayurveda. We said, Ayurvedic medicine, that's like, not, you know, that's stupid. And now we're learning, whoa, these people knew these spices were medicinal they act as medications in your body um and you should be incorporating them so i've really started to incorporate that more and more um since i became an adult oh amazing amazing so do you talk about these spices with clients at all in, you know, oh absolutely yeah. yeah i i talk a lot about using these spices on a daily basis yeah 
I remember speaking to a coach who said that when he's when he's working with clients, whatever their traditional food is, he works around the macronutrients of whatever mm-hmm. their tradition is. Um, I'm, I'm sure that's something to do with, you know, the microbiome. Yeah. What's, your, what's your thoughts on that? Would you say it's a, a sort of like ancestral diet or or is it just or genetic diet or? Yeah. Uh, yeah, w- w- yeah. What's your thoughts on that? So cool that you asked because we, we, I was just reading a study yesterday that said microbiomes, your gut bacteria makeup is very, very, very unique to you. It's like your fingerprint. And it's very, um, it's dependent on the person and you can have a very different microbiome than me and we can both be very healthy. And so that's where tradition and ancestral and, up, um, and ethnicity can come in because a lot says uh, a lot of, um, but still super, be super healthy as long as we're kind of following that paradigm of eating lots and lots of vegetables, eating low sugar and processed foods and um, eating a wide variety of, um, you know, spices and other nutrients. Mm, mm. Do you reckon we need carbohydrates? I do think, I do think we do. I do. I think that living in a ketogenic state is something that you can do temporarily. Um, but it's not a way of life. Uh, you know, you, you, our bodies are meant, we're so quick to switch to carbohydrate use because our bodies are wider designed, um, to have carbohydrates and that's the optimal, uh, and preferred fuel. And so I think that there's nothing wrong with, uh, you know, going into a ketogenic state, um, going back and forth, which can be really healthy or go doing it for short periods of time, but it's not a long-term solution to, you know, live. And as you know, it's almost impossible to live that way. <laughs> well, <laughs> with the food choices, which you have around us, it's uh, yeah, very difficult with what's yeah. shoved in your face. The moment you step in the supermarket, they go, they got like uh, sodas, um, cakes. Yep. <laughs> um, intermittent fasting. Does it does it affect women differently than it does men? What yeah. would your What would your advice be to women who want to do intermittent fasting? For women who want to do intermittent fasting, you have to remember that women are wired differently than men, especially when it comes to stressors on the body. Whether or not you want to carry a child, your body is wired to sense danger for that child, potential child. So if you are in a um, in state of famine, ovulation will turn off. Your hormones will get a sense of it's not safe. Um, she does not have enough food. She cannot carry or sustain a pregnancy. So you will notice with female athletes all the time, they lose their period or they notice hormonal um, problems because their body's sensing a lot of stress or so it's overworking your body or underfeeding your body. And so with intermittent fasting, what happens is a lot of people go overboard. And instead of doing say a short fast overnight, um, they may do a very long fast, uh, you know, start with 16, 18, 20, 24 hours. And in a few days, their body's sensing, 
hey, she, this, this lady is going into a famine state and they start to shut off all the hormonal pathways. And then you feel tired, you feel hungry, you lose your period. So for women, I highly advise that you move through this very, very slowly, depending on your baseline stress, you might only need uh, you might only be able to do a 12 to 14 hour fast in the beginning um, because your body does, you know, you'll know because I just say there's check-ins. How's your, how's your energy? How's your mood? How's your cravings? Um, sleep and ovulation. Like how are those things going? And that means that you're on the right track. If any of those things are off, it means you're probably overdoing it. And so that's how I advise women. W- would you give a certain window to, to fast? Yeah. So start, you know, 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. and then go from there. Right. Okay. Oh, so, so I have a question for you. Do you go to sleep? What time do you go to bed? If you're waking up that early 3.30, you said, right? Uh, About 7.30, Yeah. 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 Normally I'll start feeling tired around now. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So yeah. Um, And then I'll lay underneath the red light again. And yeah, just get ready to wind down. Um, Nice. I've got, I've got a few things to help me to prep for, for sleep. I've got something called a sensate, which, uh, I don't know if you heard of sensate. It's, uh, it's like a vagus nerve stimulator rests here and vibrates. Um, I've got something else called a, it's called brain tap, which is like a, like a visor with lights in there i think it has like light therapy in there and it with with some uh, headphones that gives isochronic tones and binaural beats and th- the whole idea is like kind of whatever setting you put it on it will oh nice send you there <laughs> like you know I if you want to be wired up then you can you know prep you for a day if you want to be prepped for sleep um if you want to send some subliminal messages um uh positive thinking um i don't know you want to engage in a new task or something you know open your learning it's really cool do you Um, like uh do you recommend either of those the sensei or the brain tap yeah 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 um yeah both are great really uh i'd say the the brain tap is a bit more diverse because mm-hmm. there's lots of things going on. You know, you got, you got the, the lights. It's weird. It's like flashing blue lights. And I thought, with it being blue light and me using it in the evening, that's going to be yeah. an issue. But I spoke to the, the owner, um, Dr. Patrick Porter, and he said, this is fine. And he explained the science behind it, which I can't remember. <laughs> but, <laughs> But, but it works like, for you. Yeah, it's amazing. I even put it on my daughter. There's one for for children. Um, and I remember putting it on her and she was like, it was it had these um uh what do you call it? These um it was someone just kind of uh doing these uh, affirmations. So as oh, they nice. were speaking the affirmations, um, and with the lights as well, she just fell asleep. I love it. Like during the day, like afternoon, <laughs> she was full of energy. I was like, wow, this is powerful. Really stuff. works. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. I'll check it out. Yeah. Brain tap. 
Um, you could also check out Dr. Patrick Porter, like, you know, shoot him a message directly, you know. Yeah. He might hook you up, never know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw on one of your posts, you mentioned something about zero calorie foods. I was like, zero calorie? It isn't the only zero calorie like ice or something? Would you be able to uh, explain perhaps the the validity behind your message? Like, what do you mean by zero calorie foods? Um, I don't know exactly which post, but you're right. There is really no zero calorie foods. Um, everything has value. You know, water would be considered zero calories. Um, and like you said, ice would be considered zero calories. <laughs> and, you know, there are some natural sweeteners um, that don't provide caloric um, kind of, intake, but they do have hormonal effects. So even though they're zero calories, they still have an effect on your body. They're just um, not really uh, caloric per right. se. There was, I think it was like, um, you had all these greens there. Oh, right. And I basically said, there's no such thing as a zero calorie food. You should, oh, right, right. there's no okay. such thing. Yeah. Right. right. Cool. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I think there's many people who focus a lot on macronutrients as opposed to micronutrients. Yeah. And, um, and funny thing is that happens a lot with athletes. Yeah. You know, uh, competitive bodybuilders, fitness models and stuff that, that, you know, they look incredible. But, you know, as we talk about microbiome, many of them are quite depressed. Look amazing. Yeah. yeah. They are not nice people to talk to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, what would you say to those who need to understand a bit more about micronutrients like what's the benefit of that over macronutrients right so our body is not a machine right our body is not a uh basically calories in calories out machine um and that's i think where the errors happen when you're an athlete or bodybuilder or someone who's trying to get very fit because what our world tells you is that hey eat this number of calories um no matter what it takes, um, but make sure you get this much grams of protein, make sure you get this much um, grams of fat. And the focus is not on food quality or the fact that um, we're trying to eat for our microbiome. The focus ends up being, you know, um, just numbers. And I think what we realize is a lot of these people are suffering from micronutrient deficiencies. And actually, large nutrient deficiencies, um, because you are eating foods devoid of natural phytochemicals and vitamins. For example, if you, if you look at a vegetable, say kale or spinach, um, you cannot recreate that in a pill. There's no pill that can give you the phytonutrients, um, that comes with like green, fresh foods. Um, and so that's the biggest error I see is that people are just thinking in terms of numbers and not actually quality. Mm -hmm. Did you say you're vegan? I'm not, but I am plant-based, meaning okay. that okay. I pretty much like, just like you said, I don't like to use labels and I like to be plant-based and I want to feel, I don't want to feel pressured if I, you know, one day want to have a traditional meal that my parents made that I can't tell the world about like, this is, that's 
that's crazy, right? You have to do what's right for your body. So I do, I, I do try to be dairy free as much as possible. And um, I grew up vegetarian, so I don't eat meat. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. No milk. Uh, does your parents have milk or not? Yeah, they do. They eat a traditional, but you know what I, what I taught my children and I teach my parents is that um, animal foods are dairy or animal foods in general um, are meant to be um, small additions to your diet, not the mainstay of your diet. And so if you can think of it in that way, whether it's dairy or meat, um, you will feel better. Meaning that if you focus on getting um, high fiber vegetables, um, foods that have high fiber naturally, like oats and lentils and beans, you will, and then you supplement um, with whatever, if you like, you know, beef, whatever, supplement with a little bit, but it sh the focus should be as much plant matter as possible. Right, right. What's your thoughts on oxalates and lectins? I, so lectins, for example, has been debunked at this point. So basically, you know, you don't really have to worry. You're not, unless you're eating insane amount of lectins, it's not going to cause a problem. If you are, for example, you said certain nuts for you, um, cause a problem. Um, yes, you should avoid them or you should soak them and see if you can have them in small amounts. Um, but usually what the problem is, is that the microbiome is so broken that any thing that's irritating is going to irritate it. So meaning that once you fix your microbiome by, you know, taking out the processed foods, taking out the sugar, drinking tons of water and eating plant foods, your gut will automatically be able to process things much better than they, you know, for example, when you first, uh, people first eat beans, um, they might feel so bloated and gas, right? But if you kind of really take very small amounts and you kind of fix your microbiome, you will be able to tolerate those beans. And people, you, it's like a muscle. You just have to get it stronger um, to digest all that. So these kind of things, um, oxalates and uh, oxalates was not a problem unless you're having insane amounts of raw spinach or kale, for example. And lectins are, is an irritant that's made, it's almost like, um, I think of lectins the way I think about high intensity exercise. High intensity exercise is meant to stress your system a little bit in order to get the effects. So just because you're eating something that stresses your GI tract a little bit, it's a good thing. It's making it stronger in the end. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be eating baby food. You know what I mean? Like, because it's otherwise will irritate our gut is what I, is how I would think of it. Okay. It's really interesting to get different perspectives on that. Yeah. Because, uh, oh, I had someone on the show. Is it Stephen Gundry? Yes. Gundry? Yeah. The plant paradox. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. You want to write it all off. Yes. Um, <laughs> so it's quite, it's quite interesting. I yeah. guess for myself, there are certain beans, which I'm like, wow. And you know what? Yeah, I, me too. I yeah. like hummus and yeah, does, it doesn't work for me, man. It doesn't, doesn't work for me. Uh, Have you tried a white bean hummus? No. 
so chickpeas tend to be more irritants for people than like uh, a black and white bean. Um, so you could try something like that because for me, same thing, chickpeas and especially in larger amounts for me will cause uh, GI issues, but um, other types of beans like black beans or white beans tend to be fine. And you can make kind of a, um, a hummus type from that. Mm. All right. I've got to give that a go. <laughs> um, Try it. Yeah. One, 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 one more question, which is to do with, uh, you, you made a post about, um, oh, what was it? It was something to do with uh, muscle strength in your leg is, yeah. uh, is a predictor of brain health. Yeah. Correct. Absolutely. Not only is it a predictor of brain health, um, it also predict, predicts longevity in older adults. Um, and so we know that muscles are not just, you know, to look good in a you know, bathing suit. You know, it is actually helping your brain. It is actually helping you live longer um, as you age. And so that is a very, very important, especially they think that the lower body of muscles especially have a bigger correlation um, uh, to, to brain matter for whatever reason, you know, uh, maybe it's because evolutionarily that predicted your fitness level, right? Like how much you could run or um, uh, sit and squat and whatever uh, predicted your length of life in general. And so there's a, there's a big connection between your lower body strength and your brain health and longevity. That's awesome. Okay. Do, do, where did you get that study from? Like, what, where'd you get that information, particularly the legs? That, that would be interesting to know. I'd like to, I'd like to. Yeah, I'll send you the study. I'll yeah. send you the study. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Uh, stop Alexa. That just... <laughs> Alexa's thinking you're asking her something. <laughs> just getting involved. Um, that's amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to share with regards to um, just living a, I guess a, a stressor free life. Any notes? Uh, yeah, I, I think you have to remember that optimizing is different than just surviving. And we've been taught to survive because our system is created to catch us if we fall. And so really the, the medical system we have is to catch us if we fall, but if we want to optimize, that's a whole different set of things that we could be doing. And um, that's something that I feel very strongly about because I was kind of just barely surviving and barely surviving is not a way to live. Right. Um, and actually I have a, I have a free challenge, a 60 day challenge right now on my, um, on my site uh, that can help a lot of people. So uh, check it out if you're interested, it's free. Awesome. And what's the link to that? Uh, I'll send it to you so we can um, share it. But it's uh, if you look, if you go to FastingMD, my Instagram, it's in, the link is in the bio um, and it's in my stories as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Where else can you be found? Are you on Twitter? Do you have YouTube, Facebook? Yes. Yeah, so I have on Twitter and Facebook, I'm at Amy Shah MD. Um, and my website is amymdwellness.com. Awesome. Amy, it's been incredible. Thank you so much for your time and all those golden nuggets. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. All good, all good. Well, um, hopefully this whole lockdown malarkey finishes and the world will be back to normal. 
<laughs> oh yeah, seriously. Are you guys back to um, you know kind of normal state in some ways? I think it's a temporary normal. I don't know what's happening. There's a lot of talk that there's going to be another lockdown, so there's a little bit of freedom at the moment. Wait, there's going to be another lockdown? Why? I, I, I don't know. To be honest, I don't listen to the news. I just oh yeah, same. That's part of my optimization yeah. challenge. Yeah, it is. I haven't watched the news since I think two thousand and four. Um, yeah, I think that was the last time. I just hear bits and pieces, and I decide what I'm going to listen to. All right, is yeah. that fact? No, okay, not interested. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I love it. Oh, but yeah, again, thanks so much. Um, yeah, hopefully we we'll talk again soon. Yeah, that that'll be awesome. Thank you so much for having me. No worries. Take care. Okay, yeah. bye. Thank you for tuning in today's episode. Any guests which I have on the show really provide some golden nuggets and useful life-changing tips. So always feel free to check out their social media platforms or website links, which will be written in the show notes. These shows are financed by my sponsors, so your contributions are always greatly appreciated. Any clickable links with discount codes will not only provide you with the best services, but will help out the podcast too. So thank you. If you do like the Roger Snipe Show podcasts, then why not give it a review? A five star would be awesome. But some great feedback on what you liked about the show or what you would have liked to hear would be helpful too. Until next time.